Good morning, church. And for those that have been on this journey with us, we are on week three of overcoming strongholds. And our key text is, the Lord is the stronghold of our life. Psalm 27 verse 1, whom, of whom shall I be afraid? Now, why the Lord? Because for so many of us, we have allowed the enemy to be the stronghold in our life. We have allowed an incorrect thinking pattern to be molded in our minds. And that is what a stronghold is, an incorrect thinking pattern. It's in contrary to the word of God. So last week, Chaz told us about the stronghold of substance abuse. And this week, we're going to look at rejection. Now, rejection can be defined as the act of pushing someone or something away. We experience rejection when our parents didn't want us. Maybe a spouse has left us for someone else. We can experience it from being bullied. We can experience it from friends all of a sudden not allowing us to do things with them, pushing us aside, abandonment, neglect, our parents withholding love and affection from us, all of that can make us feel like we are rejected. And then we start to believe the lies of the enemy, that we're not good enough. Why is this happening to me? Is there something wrong with me? Am I not worthy? And all of these lies build up to become a stronghold in our minds. So today I want to share my story with you, a story of how rejection and the stronghold of not feeling worthy, not feeling good enough, feeling ashamed of my past, was overcome and replaced with the word of God. So we know God is a God of love, for God so loved the world, and we all want to experience love, and we want to feel love. And when your dad doesn't want you, and he doesn't show you love or affection, it causes a lot of hurt and pain. My mom was 18 when she had me, and um, while she was pregnant with me, my dad pushed her down a flight of stairs because he didn't want me. So I grew up in a house with a lot of fighting and a lot of physical abuse. Um, my parents worked really hard, and they had good jobs, so all our physical needs were met. We didn't lack anything. We went to good schools. We went on holiday, but emotionally my dad wasn't present. Because of his own hurts and his own insecurities in his life. And um, he never hugged us. He never told me he loved me. And at the age of 14, I just started my high school career. I was molested by my, best fr my sister's best friend's father. And my dad said, he is going to beat up this guy. And for the first time in my life, I felt like my dad really cared. I felt like he loved me, that, sure, he's going to go to this guy's house and do that what he did to my mom. Not thinking in my mind that he can't really go to this guy's house and just beat him up. So when it didn't happen, everything was just left in the air. I felt he failed me. I felt angry, 
I felt hurt and I felt betrayed. I thought, how can he do this to my mom but not to this guy? So I started searching for love and acceptance with all the wrong people in all the wrong places. At school, with a crowd that I mingled with, I started smoking weed, I started doing drugs, anything just to belong, anything to just feel like I'm loved. I'm part of a group. I rebelled against all authority in my life, at school, in my household, and eventually I ran away from home. Not once, but twice. I didn't want to be there because there was no love, no affection shown to me. And the second time, my parents decided to leave me to my own devices. So I was in this relationship, didn't see the warning signs, and it also led to abuse. But God was slowly working. I was 18 when I had my first daughter, 19 when I had my second daughter. And um, at that stage, their father was, he went to prison. So I was once again left on my own. Young mother, two children. I was lost. I was hurt. I couldn't look after them. So the welfare took them away from me. And they placed them in the custody of my parents. And even though I knew how my father was, I was relieved. You see, when you're caught up in the hurts and deception of the enemy, you seem to think that you are the victim. It was all about me, me, me. I didn't worry about my kids. I didn't worry about anyone. It was all about me. I'm the victim, yeah. But slowly and but surely, God was working in my life. Even I didn't see it at that time. He sentience on my path. And um, such a wonderful man. 24 years later, we're still together. And when I met Tians, I told him what my life was about. My life is a mess. My children was with my parents. Because I wanted him to know that he had a choice to not get involved. Because I was also scared of getting hurt again. That maybe after a couple of months he will just leave me and I would be without anyone. But thank the Lord, <laughs> Tian stuck. And immediately he took me up to Johannesburg to see my kids. Once a month, every month for nearly a year until we got the kids back. And he showed me so much love which I wasn't used to. He wanted to hold my hand the whole time. It was very overwhelming in the beginning for me because it wasn't the type of love that I was used to. Nobody treated me like that. Nobody cared so much for me like he did. And I rejected him many times because I would rather reject you before you reject me. I would rather hurt you before you hurt me. And you build up a wall and you start, you can't trust and be open because you're scared of getting rejected again. And the things that I hated most about my father, I actually became. I became jealous. I became aggressive. I became abusive. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, Satan, who's the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. 
They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, God constantly pursues us. He constantly reaches out to us. But we are so blinded by the lies of the enemy that we can't see it. I was 15 years old, and one of my friends came out of rehab, and he had a radical encounter with Jesus. And he was on a mission to tell everyone about Jesus. And when he got to me to tell me I need to get on the straight and narrow, I'm like, no. Mm -mm, that's not for me, because I was blinded by the enemy. I was caught up by the lies, and I couldn't see this glorious light, and that God was already reaching out to me. For many, many years, I believed the lies of the enemy. I believed the lies that he fed me. The word says he's a liar. There's no truth in him. He's the father of lies. And I believed that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't worthy. After I got saved and starting to walk in my godly purpose, I thought, what will people say if they hear about my past? I can't tell others about the gospel. But things did start to change for me. God always sends people along our way. He never abandons us. He never forsakes us. He never leaves us. And in February 2011, I was invited to a um, cell group. And in that year, I went, the same year, September 2011, I went on a ladies' camp. And that Sunday, I got home, and I was so excited. I gave my heart and my life to Jesus. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And I remember I came home, and I told Tians, I learned about the woman with the issue of blood, and how Jesus healed her, and about Esther, And there was such excitement in me, such a joy, but it was still a journey to come to where I am today. I started walking a road with my leader at that time. Also, in the beginning, it was hard to be truthful, to share openly, because we were opposites. She was a pastor's daughter and a pastor. And, you know, the enemy wants us to believe that Christians are so perfect, They will judge us, and that is a lie. But she saw something in me. We started developing a relationship, and she started to disciple me. She helped me to understand, to get to know the Word of God, because it's the Word of God, the truth, that sets us free. The importance of being in fellowship with the community is important, because so many times when we're rejected, some of us rather stays at home. You don't want people to get too close to you, because what if they hurt you again? I didn't know, I didn't grow up in um, a Christian home. We were sent to Sunday school, because my mom thought that's a good thing to do. But the word never resonated in my heart or my spirit. I used to be so aggressive, but God slowly but surely changed me. And one of my favorite verses it's Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27, because this is truly what God did in my life. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean because you feel dirty. The enemy tells you, what have you done? Look at you. Shame on you. But God, he cleans us. 
I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. My heart was very hot. I used to be very, very aggressive, but slowly but surely, God changed me. He gave me a soft heart. I cry easily, yeah. I like to be hugged, ladies, so yeah, you can hug me. (laughs) And he gave me a fresh start, a new beginning. John 1 verse 12 to 13 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And then this one is not on the screen, but Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to see or to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure and will. We are accepted by God. No matter what you've done, what you've experienced, if your parents have deserted you, abandoned you, we are accepted. We are his masterpieces, and he has chosen us. We are children of a living God. And he gives us weapons to fight the strongholds in our life. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 5 says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Say divine power. That's it. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what are some of the weapons that we can use? The word of God. We need to know the word of God to hear and God's voice and what he says about us. Holy, Holy Spirit filled prayer. If our flesh is weak, we need to pray in the spirit. Discipleship, discipleship and being part of an authentic community. Confession of sins, renewed thinking, Pursuing God's purpose and persevering faith. That is all weapons that we can use to break the strongholds in our life. So what has helped me in my journey? I had to forgive those who have hurt me. Matthew 6 verse 14 to 15 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins... Your father will not forgive your sins. Just as we need to be forgiven, because we have all sinned, we have all fallen short of the glory of God, we need to forgive others. And this was not an easy task. It was easier to forgive the guy that molested me than to forgive my dad. But as I started this journey with the Lord and the Holy Spirit working inside of me, he prompted me to pick up the phone and phone, uh, pick up my phone and call my dad. And then I would put it off again because you justify why you don't need to do it. But I did. I phoned my dad and I also did bad things, treated him badly, and I said to him, I'm sorry. 
And he said he was sorry for what he's done to me. But unfortunately, my family is not saved. They haven't changed much. And all that I can do is pray for them and hope that they will see the love of Jesus and know that they are also loved. I had to confess my sins. I couldn't blame other people for being the reason why I keep on sinning. No. I had to confess my sins to the Lord. Yes, bad things did happen to me, but I also did make bad choices. And David understood this. He understood what it meant to be forgiven and to confess his sins. In Psalm 32, verse 1 to 5, it says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Some things in my life I felt I needed to confess both to my leader as well as the Lord, and that was hard. But the moment I did that, I felt the release of the stronghold. And the freedom it brought in my life was huge. Then you have to replace, I had to replace the lies with the truth of God. A truth verse. And one of my favorite truth verses is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. When the enemy tried to remind me of the bad things that I did in my life, I said, no, 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 this is not who I am anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ. When I studied, I studied eight years because I was working and studying. It was very hard. Precipitation. I didn't know what that meant, so I had to Google some of the words. I'm Afrikaans, if you haven't noticed that. So it was really hard, and many times I wanted to give up. I failed statistics three times. So it was really, really hard. One of my other truth verses is Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then the last one, when I felt I'm not worthy, I got the t-shirt. Psalm 139 verse 14. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Then being discipled and being held accountable accountable helped me tremendously as well. I realized the importance of being part of a community, people that can pray with me, people that can help me to know the word of God, and people that might be different than me, but people that could help me in my healing process and who accepted me. So I allowed my leader to speak into my life because I wanted to grow. I wanted to become more than just a baby Christian. And also, we cannot heal on our own. We need a community. And lastly, as I was pursuing God's 
purpose for my life and his plans because he's got a purpose and plan for all of our lives. I felt ashamed of my past. How can I go out and share the gospel with others and what would they say if they knew what I did in my life? But because Jesus has set me free and because my identity has been found in Christ, I am no longer ashamed. I can share freely. Jesus has also faced rejection in his life. It says in Isaiah 53 verse 3, He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Despite my sin that nailed Jesus to the cross, He still accepted me. He still loves me. He will never reject us. When we come to him, remember last week Chaz told us about the prodigal son. The father was waiting with his arms wide open. God will never reject you. He's waiting for you with his arms wide open. And today I can walk in complete freedom. Knowing that I'm loved, knowing that I'm worthy, knowing that I'm accepted, that God has a purpose and plan for my life, and that is to share the good news with others, to share that Jesus has died on the cross for our sins, and he loves you. And he didn't just come to, for you to just be a church guy. He wants to use you. God wants to use you in his plan, a redemption plan for mankind. And I know what Jesus has done for me, he will do for you. But you have to believe. And you need to take that first step. John 8 verse 36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Can we stand please? And for a moment, can we just close our eyes? So maybe you're here for the first time today. You've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Today you can make that choice. Or perhaps while the word was preached, something you still might have that stronghold of rejection in your life, feeling that you're not loved, you're not accepted, But I want to tell you, and I feel like there's someone here that wants to take the first step, but they feel like they need to change first. You don't need to change to come to the Father. You don't need to have it all together for him to accept you. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that Holy Spirit, sweet, sweet Spirit, that in this moment that you will minister to each and every heart here, that people will take the step today, will will be bold in faith to say, yes, this is a stronghold in my life and I want to be set free. So if that is you, there will be a team here after the service. Please do come up. Let us pray for you. Let us help you in your journey to healing. Thank you, Lord.
It's not an incredible journey. And, and when I hear stories like that, I, it's painful. I mean, I can't imagine what it must be like. And yet, this is the glory of our God. To take what is broken and been rejected by man. Now, Maralise and Tians are pastors here in the church. They lead our outreach ministry, changing lives, leading. It's just a beautiful thing to see what our God does. I want us to take a moment and sing of the goodness of God. While we sing, let the words minister to you. Bring your heart. Maybe you have a similar story. Statistically, there will be people in this room whose story is very similar to that. And maybe you came along this morning for exactly this reason, to hear this, to hear that there's hope. And if you miss an opportunity to come and, and get Marilise to pray with you and, and the team to gather around you, I, I think it'd be crazy. This is a God moment. But let's take a moment. Will you lead us as we sing about the goodness of our God? Why do you close your eyes for a moment? Greg late had a, just such an impression on his heart that when the Israelites are in the desert, desperate and crying out for water, first time God said to Moses, strike that rock and water came gushing out. But the next time, he says, now speak to the rock. You see, that rock is Jesus. He has been struck. The work has been done. It has been finished. And that's why it's not us jumping up and down. But now we need to learn to tap into that rock. Jesus, would you this morning come and send that life-giving water of your spirit to hearts that are thirsty, to souls that have been damaged? Would you let the river of life bring healing this morning? As we drink from that rock, Jesus, let the life of God flow. I loved uh, the way Marilee spoke of using those weapons. And I want to remind you just from what she said, forgiveness, forgiveness of our enemies builds Jesus as your stronghold. Bitterness and unforgiveness are building blocks of enemy strongholds. Confession of sin is a building block of Jesus as the stronghold of your life. Secret sins are building blocks of enemy strongholds. Truth verses build Jesus as the stronghold of our lives. The lies of the enemy that we believe are enemy building blocks of strongholds. Discipleship and community builds Jesus as our stronghold. Isolation is a building block of enemy strongholds. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Thank you for testimony. Your word says we overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You take that which the enemy meant for ruin and destruction and you turn it into something beautiful for your glory. Thank you for the testimony of changed lives. And Father, I pray this morning for every one of us. And friends, if you are here this morning, maybe you've never met this Jesus who transforms lives, this Jesus who loves what you think is unlovely, who accepts what you feel is rejected. If you've never met this Jesus, we would love to introduce you through a prayer, through, through discipleship, who this Jesus is. If you hear this morning and rejection is a stronghold that you've been, and that sense of unworthiness is the stronghold you've been fighting, our team is ready and they're going to be praying for you. While we go and have tea and coffee, they're going to be here ministering and praying for you. Father, thank you so much for your amazing goodness and grace. Thank you that you are the stronghold destroyer. Come and build the stronghold of your mighty name in our lives, we pray. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for Marilise and Tians. 
Thank you for the blessing they are to us. Bless them, we pray. And now we give you all the glory and honor. Thank you that as we go, we go knowing your gracious hand rests upon us in Jesus' name. And God's people saying,